Welcome to Spiritful Wanderings. In this episode, we have a conversation about gender with Kai Moss. Courtney and I had the opportunity to explore with Kai the ever-evolving nuances in gender. And for me, I realized right off the hop that I have very little practice with pronouns. I hope you enjoy the episode. I know that 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 was such a big one for me when I had friends transitioning and like I was really close with a certain friend and then to transition and like the process of that and how much practice it takes to like really get intentional about thinking about those words because they're just so they just roll off the tongue or something but also like the the, official yeah but then it's interesting how the practice of actually changing it is part of how I changed how I thought of these of my friend like it's like the process of being intentional about the pronouns is where it was like really getting aware of like, how am I perceiving them, you know, in those moments. And it's like almost like the pronouns themselves are part of becoming more conscious of the awareness of gender. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a mindset shift, right? Like you're challenging your perceptions of your understanding of another person that you're connected with and everybody interacts with people's perceptions of other people and not necessarily with you know personal understandings of their experience so it it's it's a it's a huge shift in understanding um and letting go of narratives that maybe were uh filtering the lens of your connection you know it's it's a, it's a totally different way of of engaging with the person that's in front of you as opposed to the person you might have thought, you know, that you were engaging with or what ideas you had of the person. Like they, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're challenged. It, it's, it's challenging <laughs> to be challenged on that because it, it's, uh, you know, really touches on your own personal reflections into the people that you connect with and, and how that needs to shift with, with language and, you know, relation to another person relating to another person's experience it's it's complex yeah it's like it's like just exploring gender itself opens or like how you relate around that opens this whole window into like the way we perceive each other on all levels really or like the assumptions we make or the projections we make it's like I've often found that gender is like the portal into for me was like that consciously relating with gender and people around me was like this portal into um yeah deconstructing the all of the labels or the ways that i was seeing or how do i find the essence and the person in there and how do i constantly be curious how do they want to be related with you know how do they want to be seen and then the whole thing too about that we're ever evolving so you know (laughs) it's like this week this is how i (laughs) how i am and other week this totally. is totally it's really great to combat the stagnation of you know just assuming the role that a certain person plays in your life and then just you know defaulting to a certain idea of that person in your life moving forward and and not necessarily giving you know 
enough space for that person to evolve and grow and um, <clears throat> shift in their own experience and then how that relates to yours. Like it, yeah, gender can be quite a, a portal into a whole new uh, understanding of, of yourself too, like the person who perhaps isn't undergoing a transition or um, questioning gender or, or, you know, trying to figure out how to make sense of your own experience. It will still, uh, if you do approach it with um, your own awareness and, and how you engage with your own environment, it can reflect your own, I guess, thoughts and ideas of how you interact with your own gender and, and how maybe the assumptions of gender roles and um, uh, expressions within society are just taken for granted. And I think it's, it's valuable to, to renegotiate that and um, pay more attention to how those influence your life in, in perhaps ways that you maybe weren't aware of. Mm -hmm. a lot of valuable information yeah, i definitely find mm -hmm. that um what's happening with this transgender movement right now is helping me to reevaluate my own gender and look at because i noticed when i mean i haven't spent a lot of time around that community in essence but i I know that when I am around someone who's more fluid or questioning those things that it helps. It's like a portal for me to do the same thing. So I feel like I can be myself more without having to meet someone and be like, Oh, I'm this contrast or juxtaposed in this way. Or it's just sort of, Ooh, <laughs> what, what am I really right now? So I, I feel like it's a, an offering for us to, explore the flexible mindset and notice places in ourselves where we're rigid or inflexible in our minds. I mean, it definitely brings that up for me. It's like shows me all the places in myself that are stuck in a narrow mindset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So interesting when, um, when I began to, I guess, be exposed more to language that uh, describes differing gender experiences, uh, that's the first time that I really found relatability and connection to reflecting like how I how I feel about myself and and relating that back to many 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 early experiences in my life where i could make better sense of it with the language that i uh started to become exposed to it's not too long ago within this last decade um where you know before i just didn't have the language to understand and articulate that my experience was different than my assumed and assigned gender at birth and, and the roles that i was expected to you know, uphold and perform and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a really, it, I mean, it was an interesting process for me too, um, understanding that I could finally connect to language to describe my experience better. And I wasn't um, broken in my experience of, 
like I wasn't a broken woman I just wasn't a woman I wasn't meant to fill that role and it, it felt so disjointed and, and foreign and um, uh, strange in ways to me that it like it, it was in so many words it was just validating right to, to know that oh other people actually do feel the same or similar uh, to me and in, in how I relate to gender and yeah. it, it's not that I'm doing my gender wrong it's just that it, w- it wasn't fitting and I understand where I fit better and now I can understand how to express that more fully and, and be more open and honest with myself and you know it's it's not a linear product process it's not static in my experience like it's an ever-evolving thing too I, I didn't just you know figure it out and go oh I get it yeah everything is great it's clear um because I'm like I'm outside of the box like I having a non-binary identity I don't fit into the binary of male or female so societal structures that would have um modeled that uh role to me just didn't fit and so I needed to go kind of go it on my own with the help of other people's experiences and um and figure it out as I go like you know gender expression is different than gender identity is different than sexual identity and, and orientation and preference and yeah they're not it's not a static journey it's been um very illuminating and, and challenging and liberating and uh mm. confusing and difficult yeah to- no, it's so good for me to hear you say this because it helps me to see that it's not that a human is jumping from one thing that's fixed to another thing that's fixed. <laughs> it's just a lot of, a lot of flexibility and a lot of moving around to try to get used to being in a flexible state. <laughs> oh, well, I just, that's what I was feeling too, is like, it was so interesting in my life because so much of my life I've often ended up in like it just naturally would be that the people that I was close to or that I was around um, often were, would have identified as like gender fluid in some way or queer, you know, sec- like queer. Like I often ended up in that, in that community. And for me, it was often because there was this place where I was exploring in so many parts of my identity, not being in a box and just like, who am I moment to moment? Like what, who am I when I let go of all these ideas? And then it was always interesting to me that then I just naturally ended up in these spaces where there were people that were identifying in these different categories. And, um, because really that those were the people around around me that were exploring life in that way, like exploring themselves and deconstructing, like peeling off the, the, the labels and then, and then just living more of a fluid moment to moment experience of themselves. But then this whole thing that the minute we start to live that way, then how do we interface with a world that is, you know, like this is the challenge, you know, that I, have had in my own very many different ways, but this challenge between as we start to land in ourselves more and in this like moment to moment unfolding of who we are, how do we, how do we function in a world 
that has certain ideas and certain names and certain ways that then people relate back, you know, and I, I feel like this is the challenge. It's this interface, this interface between you and I and um, like the minute we have to use language, you know, to describe something that in a way is so undescribable. It's a hard thing to interface between um, relating to another person and understanding um, how to engage with that person and connect. And then also like the brain wants to put things in boxes so that their processing power is more efficient, that you're not, you know, extending more energy than, um, than is necessary to understand the world and all the sensory inputs that you're being faced with. So it like, it makes sense that generally society and many people in the world, you know, would want to understand a pattern and put those patterns in a box and understand what's in that box and, and not have to think too much about it and, and have that be uh, a lens that needs to be like refreshed mm-hmm. all all the time I can understand how that can be you know energy intensive in, in some ways and I mean it, it's mm-hmm. it's you're essentially learning a new skill um, engaging with somebody using different language mm-hmm. or describing yourself with different language yeah and I've heard that from people before too um had conversations with people saying that it's very confusing and how to explain this to children and children need to have these clear defined boxes of this is what's male this is what's female and this is what makes sense let's just keep it simple because that needs to be the container we hold our children in because the majority of people exist in that container so let's just go with that (laughs) Uh-huh. It's easy in some ways, but... Yeah. Well, and I'll never forget this moment in my life where I, you know, I was a social work student. I had lots of friends that were experiencing all these different places of gender. I had spent a lot of time deconstructing my gender. Like, I had spent a lot of time exploring what I would have named as the qualities that I wasn't allowed to explore because I was a female. And so I, like, started to present more masculine and I was really exploring these parts of myself and I really felt like I'd done a lot of deconstructing and and then I'm at this transgender conference in Philadelphia and there's every kind of expression of gender in this space and they go around and they ask each person like how do you identify and why and the feeling in my body in this moment was like immense because Like suddenly I'm in a space where nobody in any way fits any box at all. (laughs) Like it was just like so beyond like any space I'd ever been in. And suddenly I remember sitting there and it was so vulnerable. Like I felt so vulnerable in that moment because there was no like safe, (laughs) like safe, clearly defined place to land and all of a sudden all there was was like who are you and like what do you feel and what do you and I remember this feeling was like ah it was so good for me but it was like sitting in this abyss of possibility and there was actually something about that that felt overwhelming (laughs) and I was like ah this is part of what we're grappling with when we 
are sitting in this space is like, it's actually felt, um, yeah, there was an overwhelmingness, almost like that, that feeling that can come up with the infinite possibilities or the infinite choices of like, wow. Um, and because what was being mirrored around me was like the whole rainbow of expression, like I was kind of just left to be with myself. (laughs) (laughs) And that was like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And suddenly it wasn't that I was even pushing against something like, cause so much of the time, my experience of my gender was still like a pushing against something or a moving towards something. And this was just an experience of neither. It was more just like, who are you? And like, it's a big question. It is a big question. <laughs> it's complex. And I mean, it's, that's still evolving for me too, right? Like the, the more I become aware of myself and, and my environment and how I interact with it, um, I feel like the, the closer I get in some ways and the further away I get in others, there's um, such a vast amount of information to consider and then try to communicate and understand it myself but yeah it, it it doesn't it hasn't so far felt like I've reached any kind of destination I just um, I think get uh, closer to the feeling and, and how to describe that feeling and how to express it uh, physically, mm-hmm. visually, how to express it verbally, <laughs> and it, yeah, it is so complex and, uh, and and not static. It it has so many facets and aspects, and, and can shift. <laughs> like when you think you've got it all figured out, <laughs> one day you know you wake up and you're like, oh, I actually I feel differently about this. Now, I, I, I thought I, I liked my haircut and it was reflecting parts of me that felt affirming. And now it actually perhaps doesn't hit the mark quite as, as much as I would have hoped. And, you know, maybe this shirt feels good one day and it doesn't translate well the next. And it's, oh boy, it's an interesting place to be. And, and sometimes, truthfully, sometimes it can be exhausting. And, and uh, sometimes I wish it was just way more simple and straightforward and you know something that uh doesn't need to take up so much bandwidth of of my <laughs> you know front page day um I, it's not to say that it isn't important like understanding of self is is important for humans to do it's kind of our whole mo but um yeah sometimes it's hard like it takes a lot of energy to be present with um how things feel when you know I'm, I'm creating the blueprint as I go I, I don't have the safety right of a, of a box to just fall back into um, and default to you know it keeps you on your toes <laughs> yeah it's totally and I mean it's good for anybody um, cisgendered or transgender it's like it's a good practice to reflect and uh, reconsider, you know, what roles or expressions of gender are serving and maybe what roles and expressions aren't serving and we're just assumed for whatever reason, expectations or uh, culture. Um, 
but when it's on an ongoing basis, yeah, it can be pretty tiring to to not feel like I can quite land and rest just yet. Well, perhaps we're all fooling ourselves if we think that we can land or rest in one state. Um, I would really yeah. love to believe that we can lean into something that is consistent in some sense but i mean the whole entire planet is always undergoing rapid change especially now so i always wonder if um, the gender movement is supporting evolution in some sense and if you have any thoughts on that like um as an evolutionary trajectory <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah for sure i mean i think that's a, a super cool take on it and, and something that i've talked to um, myself with some friends that I have in the community of redefining relationship with um, with gender as a vehicle to uh, just gain more experience and yeah. perspective in the human experience of just of being human and, and taking away the software and the rigidity that we're understood in as as a as a human race, as a culture of humanity, and and letting, um, I guess I'm 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 speaking mm-hmm. from a pretty Western centric viewpoint right now because you know there certainly are cultures that accept and celebrate and incorporate um, many different genders into their societies and and they have specific roles and. Um, they're celebrated in in those identities and and have like more spiritual power and significance with taking on um, like the 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 masculine mm-hmm. and feminine energies into one being like there's there's a lot of beauty and power in that and it's significant uh, when there's like when there's an actual role that those people and fit into and, and have purpose and uh, integration into. And that being said, Western culture isn't really there yet. So I think the the gender renaissance is allowing an opening for, uh, I think, more, more of an evolution of thought and um, personal realization. And I, I think that that's a really exciting thing to, to no longer be restricted or, or defined solely on uh, sexist, <laughs> you know, definitions, you know, and, um, and I'll touch on, on the patriarchy as well, like having very defined gender roles has, has also been uh, pretty restricting in our culture for the women right and liberation to mm-hmm. just be their full self mm-hmm. and discover what that is um and that's been bubbling for, for quite a few decades now as well so yeah i think expanding <laughs> from male-centric mm-hmm. uh, language as the default to incorporating and being inclusive to women and allowing women to have a sense of self beyond you know servitude and then going beyond that as well to uh something that encompasses 
other than you know the, the binary of those two experiences and i think having um, the spectrum of, of all experiences and being able to um, have conversations and and seek to understand and be curious is, is where the evolution of our mm -hmm. species will yeah, it makes me in think into like in my own in my own journey with gender, like how surprised I was at how feminine I started to become <laughs> as I was experiencing my gender fluid fluidly. <laughs> suddenly I was becoming very feminine, like very, very like in my outer expression, you know, even though I would say I embody a lot of masculine, but for whatever reason, the clothes I wanted to wear and the way I expressed started to become this very feminine expression, but how, and, and but then noticing even like how judgment could come at me in my own self around that, because I, I was like, no, I need to resist the like, whatever <laughs> ideas about gender. But, but realizing that it, there was this place where either I was embodying the feminine based on what the ideas of feminine are and being seen a certain way, or I was just embodying like the way I wanted to be. And those two feel so different in my experience, you know, cause I, I remember the feeling of being feminine because this is the feminine and this like awkward this is not my body this is not me feeling <laughs> and but then it making sense to people around me versus the how I'm being which actually inside feels very masculine and feminine but ends up expressing in this way that outwardly would be like that is very feminine you know but like, it's so interesting because in a way, what I'm just aware of, and I just want to bring into awareness is because my, the way I want to express fits with the outer idea of how I would be, there's such a privilege to it in the sense that I don't have to think like, other than just like following what I feel, I don't have to think about it a lot or more. I don't have to think about how it's received a lot because people's brains are like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, and this is this place where I, as a white woman, end up experiencing privilege. It's not that I don't have my own deconstruction of gender, but there's a privilege to that that I don't have to think a lot about. Or, or maybe I should say the privilege is I don't get a lot of reflections back that are like way off that aren't seeing me at all, you know. Um, and this place of like the that spectrum of privilege it's almost like the more you, your natural way, it doesn't make sense in the, in the labels, the more that that becomes a daily, every moment. What is it? Di incoherence or there's like a disharmony, like constantly experienced. Did you want to speak to that? Uh-huh. My everyday experience when I'm interfacing with the public, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not my everyday experience at home. Uh, thanks because I'm in an environment where I'm seen and respected and supported and um, it, yeah, it's kind of a non-issue. So my only dissonance is, is my own ever-evolving relationship to gender and how to um, make sense of it. But yeah, when I, when I interface with the public, that's where, yeah, I'm faced with a lot of preconceived notions of who I am based mm -hmm. on how my body is perceived, uh, how my voice is perceived. And being a person who is uh, 
full chested and full hips, I feel like I have uh, less room to be ambiguous about that in the eyes of general society. And, and that's something that I, you know, have to wrestle with pretty constantly. And it does come at odds with how I choose to express my gender. And um, I guess it, it, it comes at a contrast to me because my, my personal gender expression feels at odds with how to be correctly uh, identified and gendered in society. And so the expression of my gender is generally, has been going in a direction of concealing or misdirecting uh, eyes on my body, on, on uh, parts of my body that mm-hmm. are perceived more femininely. And that's tough because structurally I can't um, really do anything to change the way my body looks. There are ways to um, create illusions (laughs) and um, like there's, there's gender affirming gear that I can play around with to like constrict and move around different parts of my body to appear different ways. Um, But it's, yeah, I, I I appear very feminine to the general public, and it, it kind of happens despite what I what I do to swerve in other directions. And sometimes it can be frustrating to often frustrating to to feel like I need uh-huh. to go so extremely in a masculine uh-huh. direction to be you know perceived as neutral. When again coming back to male is neutral like I I I don't want to have to be perceived as male as male as a non-binary person to be read as neutral I just want to be neutral which is a a male uh, or I guess a masculine masculine and feminine uh, energy but it doesn't feel like I have Mm -hmm. space to explore feminine energy in myself and still be read in a way that feels best for me because certainly like you you can have a non-binary identity a trans uh gender identity and express femininely as a person assigned female at birth you can have a male presenting identity uh or sorry a masculine presenting expression and be assigned male at birth but also feel as if you're non-binary like it you don't need mm-hmm. to be androgynous to be non-binary. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, it's it's just complicated dance to the flow in and out of other people's perception of you. Mm-hmm. So what can I don't know if this is an okay qu- question, but I feel well. I'm just curious. So for you, when you feel that projection or that that like what is that experience like for you when you're in the public and you like what what how does that impact you how does that impact you yeah i mean that's a good question um it is i mean invalidating it is deflating um it makes me feel like 
the focus then needs to be redirected from whatever interaction we're having to actually <laughs> this is the experience i have and this is how mm -hmm. i would like to be related uh, customer service especially being mammed constantly um mammed and ladied and uh girled and all, all the gendered language um prefixes miss misses that kind of thing um it's it, in the customer service world, it generally just tends to be quick, automatic language of polite, just general language, when that actually like derails the conversation and I have to uh, redirect focus on, hey, actually, can you please, moving forward, uh, not use ma'am to describe me, you know, just use my name, please, or, um, I would prefer you not, you know, use gendered terms, and it, it, it can snap people out of like the zombie stage of just automatic language to like, oh gosh, why is this? It, yeah, it, it breaks the flow of of interaction. I feel it can like shine a spotlight mm -hmm. on me and can be kind of jarring, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's also necessary because it takes a lot of energy to also. Uh, receive the constant misgendering and uh -huh. not say anything about. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is what I'm, yeah, this is what just to, this is what I'm feeling into is that, you know, I think sometimes when people hear these things, they think, oh, well, you know, people misperceive me sometime or people, you know, like this is this place where people can go, but like what it's like if that's happening all day, all the time. It's like, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, and um, it, it's tough to have an analogous metaphor, right, for somebody who doesn't get misgendered. Um, it's, it's my person is not being seen, right? I'm, I'm not being seen and I have to constantly advocate and be compassionate in my communication, but firm and have really clear boundaries and just like be upholding of this of my of myself just existing as a human being is uh is really challenging and, and tiring to do in uh in the general public and i mean it would be really nice if none of that was necessary if i could just exist um be interacted with as a human and uh without you know gendered assumptions or categorizations of me that you know maybe aren't true and just you know interact with me as, as a human with my name um and then we can maybe not even get into needing to use ma'am or pronouns or you know prefixes it can just be like hi courtney how are you doing today i hear that you know you went for a walk yesterday how was the walk like it just that seems much more to me uh normal like you're you're acknowledging that you're a person that exists you have experiences you went on uh an adventure perhaps you went into nature like great that's nice um and then it has like gender doesn't have to come into the conversation you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting how often i've started noticing that I can actually talk a lot without ever using pronouns. 
Like you can, you can pretty much get to the point where you don't have to say pronouns. Um, which is an interesting way to talk because it forces you, it, it makes you aware. Hmm. It just, I, I find that that practice makes me more present with, um, the words I'm using and how I'm relating with somebody and being more intentional about what it is I'm asking or how I'm asking it or how I'm acknowledging the person. Yeah. I'm just curious, Rochelle, for you, like what, have, what's your journey been like with gender? What, what, how this is landing in you? Hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I've reflected on, my childhood and in my early days, uh, I often wonder if there had been more fluidity if I hadn't have made other choices <laughs> about my gender identity. Right. Um, yeah, it's really hard to see. say. I mean, I definitely felt as a child more masculine and I, most of my friends were male. I couldn't understand or relate to how uh, girls behaved and dressed and related to each other. That was really a difficult, awkward place for me. I didn't feel like I belonged there. And then over time, as I became a teenager, I started to realize that I could use my femininity to get power. Mm. <laughs> so I started to step more into that, um, at least to some degree, because, you know, I guess I was generally an attractive young girl that could get what she wanted through being very much a she. So, yeah, and then I don't think beyond that I've examined it too much other than just exploring in me right now in this place what parts of me uh, have masculine tendencies and what parts of me have feminine tendencies and what part of me is just, I'm not sure. <laughs> so, you know, I think the fact that there are possibilities opening up for young people to explore has some uh, positive things, yet at the same time, I'm also... Uh, nervous about what I'm seeing with younger people exploring and what looks to me like a lot of reaction to perhaps a trauma or confusion and I understand in many ways like it's such a confusing time when you're a teenager and you're trying to explore and figure out who you are and what is important to you and what who is this person on the inside so there's parts of me that are still unsure about how this is going to come out in the end. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I, I, I feel unsure about aspects of it and I feel really hopeful about aspects of this shift. So mm -hmm. in myself, I'm still really in a place of exploring and not being clear as I guess you are too, Kai. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's pretty interesting to hear you talk about it as well, because um, many aspects of how you described your 
childhood um, relation to gender and, and not being able to really resonate with other, you know, girls in your peer group definitely rings true for me. Um, I always felt much more masculine as a kid. I had predominantly male friends. Um, I pretty much always knew that I was queer, like from a very, very, very young age, um, like six, seven, like it was a young, young age that I, I recognized that I'm, I was not a heterosexual person. Um, so I just kind of boiled my, uh, my experience of not relating to other girls kind of down to that for a while of being like, yeah, well, maybe it's because I find the other women attractive. Maybe that's why I don't relate to them in quite the same way. Um, but I think had I had the opportunity to be more flexible and, and have the space to safely navigate a different expression of my gender, um, I think that, that, that would have been really useful and helpful for me as a younger person. Um, I did also, once puberty hit, um, fall into a different way of being that ended up presenting much more feminine because that's where I got my validation. Like that's where I was praised as an attractive person who, who looked female. Um, and that praise stopped when I didn't present as femininely. So I learned uh, as a younger person that it wasn't going to be okay for me to, to look or behave in any kind of way because then I wouldn't be accepted. Like I wouldn't be loved in the way that I wanted to be loved. I wouldn't be uh, celebrated and praised and complimented um, in the way that I wanted to be. And it's true. Like I don't receive physical compliments mm -hmm. um, hardly ever. And that was something that I, had to let go of when I when I allowed uh, myself to to get more clear and true about who I was and how that needed to look and how I needed to to communicate that it it, it was kind of devastating to um, to notice such a contrast between um, how people interact with me now versus when when I did in a much more feminine expression. Um, I feel way, way more happy in myself and uh, honest and <laughs> able to, uh, yeah, be myself and, and discover who that is. But yeah, it like, it, it came with some losses. It came with loss of relationships, um, a loss of the relationship to self that was accepted in a way that you know, I, as myself now, am not. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's a painful process mm -hmm. in many ways. So, I mean, I, I hear I hear what you're saying as well about being unsure of um, the perhaps the effects on younger generations and, and being, you know, able to explore more fluidly. But I think the the possibility for that having more uh, 
positive impacts on uh, a deeper sense of self and, and awareness of self earlier on, I think outweighs um, <laughs> uh-huh. any, any uh-huh. detrimental experimentation, you know. Well, and how powerful, because I, I feel like so much of the, the confusion for so many of the, the people that I've encountered, like if, when you're not allowed to explore fluidly as you're developing, you know, and the first time you're able to explore fluidly is like when you're 20, let's say, right? But then it's like, but the thing is, right, right, right. Or like for some people, like I've had clients, it was when they were 40, you know, it was when they were 40 or 50. It's like, but when you get to as you're a child and as you're developing and as you're in puberty, like when you're given, I, I feel like the healing is that at that time, there's all this space given to this fluidity without this, like putting in a box, then you're getting to really integrate your gender as you're growing and as you're developing, as opposed to, I know in my own gender development, it was almost like I had to go back in time and like re-explore like, you know, which of course I've had to do this on so many other levels too, but, but yeah. <laughs> with gender piece, it's like to explore like all these places where, you know, maybe this was seven-year-old Courtney really would have liked to wear this, you know, <laughs> or like, you know, 10-year-old Courtney would have really liked to have explored this part of her gender. And, and I'm just curious to see what happens when that's gifted as you're growing and developing as opposed to you know, but of course, this is all just part of how like revolution and evolution happens. And this is like part of the, but this is what I'm excited to see is what happens when that just gets to be part of how we become um, a human being. And then when we've like integrated all these different parts of ourselves, is it maybe going to be easier to then just like land in ourselves and know how to navigate the world? Because, you know, it's just been part of how we've developed but one thing I just want to speak to as a therapist that has been a little bit of a like, ah, like a little bit tricky place to navigate is when I've had teens come to me who are questioning like around gender, which is like, yay. But because we've lived in a society that is so box oriented that the second they start to question a piece of their gender, like, oh, like I was born in this male body and I'm starting to feel like I also feel feminine. So I must be a woman and now I need to like take hormones and they go right into the other box. And this is where it can be like, and of course, like of course they're going to think that way because that's how it's been presented. And so the challenge for me has been how to introduce this idea that, um, and not not to say that that's not true because maybe in the end that is what they want to do, but how to make this space for, and I love what you're saying, Kai, that this is ever evolving, you know, and right now this is going to, and then one day you might wake up and now it's like this, you know, um, but this, I feel like this is the challenge right now in this whole, in this, how, like the teenage and early twenties and this place where there, it's like fluidity is being invited, but there's also still all this putting in a box and like, I have to fit in the box somehow. And just the struggle I feel for parents in guiding kids through that. And then also just the confusion because we haven't transitioned into this fluidity. So um, yeah, I don't know if you have anything to add to that or thoughts or. Yeah, totally. Um, So I wanted to touch on a couple of things. where both of you were speaking to the childhood experience and, and having more fluidity and uh, space to 
explore perhaps what um, what gender feels like outside of the binary as well. Not to say that you know everyone <laughs> should explore what being non-binary feels like. I mean, it's not everybody's experience. Um, some people have a very binary experience of gender, um, and even when when they're transgender, that can be a very binary experience, and that's also valid. But I think um, having the supported and encouraged space to explore that with with a reminder that there like there really Ooh. isn't a rush. Um, have space to try things on, see what works and see what doesn't, and maybe um, try on combinations of of things just to to gain more information to move forward with, I think is really valuable. And maybe sometimes there's a missing piece um, in in some experiences where the pressure mm-hmm. is just to like, oh, well, yeah. you're not this box, so you have to choose the other one. That's the only other option. I think it would be a really valuable conversation um, to just suggest that there could be another option and um mm-hmm. you know there, there's there's no rush to make a decision um maybe that be something to choose i think is is can be quite stressful um i also want to touch as well on uh the trauma piece as well for younger people who are who do have the space to explore um, more fluidity in their in their gender and um, expression, how that can also mm-hmm. mitigate some trauma. Like it, it, I think it's completely acceptable and um, reasonable to to work through and try to make sense of childhood trauma um, in teenage and young adulthood, and in, in how to you know, center power within yourself that, you know, maybe was given away in younger years and you didn't have agency to make your own choices and express the way you wanted to. It can be um, really liberating and uh, healing to, to take agency back as a growing person um, and, and navigate that in the driver's seat. And, and of course, you know, therapy is, is also a useful tool to navigate mm-hmm. that. But in conjunction with your lived reality, I think it's a valuable experience to do. And then also, I think it can mitigate future trauma, you know, of, of being restricted and, and repressed and perhaps um, having more toxic gender structures reinforced in a way that was harmful. I mean, I, I feel like I, for myself, have needed to hold a lot of space for some very, very toxic uh, gender-related trauma that I've experienced. But uh, I wasn't conscious I was experiencing it at the time. Um, but as I, you know, I'm peeling back the layers for myself as a 34-year-old person, I'm understanding more and more how detrimental um, these narrow definitions of, of myself as a, as a valuable human were to my development and 
um, and to my understanding and expression of self. I feel as if, you know, hindsight, if I had the space, if there was the language um, to be more flexible in that space, I would very well have made different choices in my life as well that um, <laughs> maybe would have uh, shortened my, my tumultuous ride to self uh, actualization. <laughs> I see. What, so what you're saying is, is that if there was more fluidity allowed, there there could have been a lot. Like it would have limited how much. Like uh, you wouldn't have had so much trauma. Is this what? Is am I hearing this right? Yeah. Yeah, specifically mm -hmm. around uh, around gender and worse being tied mm -hmm. to expressing in a certain way. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's not to say that I can have mm -hmm. other trauma that I, I've needed to work through um, as a side to mm -hmm. my gender experience, but, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, and even I'm just thinking about my teenage years when I, it's like the second I developed breasts and a waist, I was only seen as a woman all of a sudden. And I remember the confusion because like, it was like over one summer. And before that, somehow I was able to be seen as more like masculine and feminine. And then the second I had breasts and hips, it was like the whole world just saw me as like a woman. And I remember this feeling of like, but not having any way to be like, I want to be seen as more mas like <laughs> masculine right now. And how traumatizing that was to just be like splattered with this like, um, and not that I necessarily would have started dressing more masculine if in my natural state, but maybe perhaps I would have in this way of rebelling against this like, um, but it wasn't in my vicinity or my awareness that that was even an option, <laughs> you know? like as a tool even, is even a tool to be like, ah, oh, this is a tool to like reclaim. Aha, uh -huh. so I hear it, to like reclaim like my power in this, like I'm not just a woman. But the only thing I knew to do was to like get mad about it. Um, but I didn't understand that I could embody my gender differently as a way to navigate. Totally, yeah. And, and the visual perception of like breasts and hips, secondary sex characteristics, facial hair, whatever it is, it's like, oh, yeah. you've been initiated, now you are in this box, and this, these are the expectations of you. Uh -huh. Maybe those are not clearly communicated either. It's just an assumption. Those are the expectations. And um, yeah, at, at the time that I went through that process, I did not know that there was any other options. <clears throat> it wasn't presented or reflected or modeled to me. So yeah, I had I had no idea, and I and I also felt very confused and almost like betrayed by people I trusted in my environment and by my own body for not reflecting how I wanted to feel and be seen. And um, it was yeah, it was a very hard thing. And and you know, as as a kid, it can be easy just to think like, oh, I guess everybody's dealing with this, and being a teenager is a hard time. It's like not about I'm not the only one. It's not about me. And that that kind of thinking mm -hmm. is uh, if you're not shown any other way, right? The the alternatives are are so valuable at um, expanding the possibility of understanding it. Mm -hmm. It's a different experience. Yeah. For yourself. Yeah, I 
uh, something that I wanted to mention earlier, and I'll just loop back to it, was um, that th there's some science now that's showing differences in brains in transgender people. Yeah, like they actually, like when they're, they've done autopsies on brains and it showed that they have certain matter in areas that say if they're transgender, the side gender has this, like it's actually showing that the brain is modeled in such a way that it, it would be literally impossible for that person to feel like the biological gender that they were born. Um, and then in just some way, perhaps people knowing that mm -hmm. is just so deeply validating that the brain is developed in this way, despite what biology shows us on the outside. So totally. I, I mean, but it's so complex, like biology, chemistry, uh, anatomy, like these things are not linear either, you know, I mean, chromosomes play a role, hormones play a role, anatomy, biology plays a role, you know, the brain chemistry, like there are so many aspects to, um, to, to how a person feels in their gender identity, expression, sexual preference, all, all of those things are um, informed by the myriad of ways that a body can develop, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, it's so, so varied, you know, like sex, sex isn't binary either. There's a spectrum of, of intersection, um, uh, bodies and anatomies can be so very different depending on how, you know, that's developed and, and what hormones the fetus was exposed to and, and which chromosomes, uh, you know, developed. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just, I found that was really insightful because so often you hear uh, people say that, you know, well, this is God's design is to have male and female. And well, actually God is designing brains and genitalia and all sorts of things in all sorts of ways. And that's, that is already what the design mm. is. It's just now we're starting to honor it and move in a direction of fluidity with that. Mm. It makes me think of, uh, no, that's like just to add another piece to that when I was at Tate, because I'm trained as a somatic practitioner, and one of the things they talked about is that they have proven that there's this diversity of nervous systems. Like, you know, there's like a template of this is a healthy nervous system, but there's literally nervous system. There's people that have two different nervous systems in their body, and one can be designed feminine and one masculine, and that's literally like in, like they actually have two different nervous systems working in their body, which is, that's the, like, that's the actual wiring, you know? and and also like fascinating like a person that has two different nervous systems like and these are things that aren't talked about as like they like neurodiversity like different brains different nervous systems that are also i would argue are part of human evolution and like diversifying i agree yeah i can definitely relate to the, the two different nervous systems i feel i feel a very distinct difference in me and you know they can they can have a dialogue but um i i i have very distinct inner energy very distinct nervous systems that can process um very different responses to environmental stimulus and it's uh it's pretty radical to experience that and, and to describe that to somebody who 
different experiences inside mm-hmm. my body. Yeah. Yeah. This is where it's so exciting that science is like catching up with like what people have known for like so long in their actual lived experience. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, it's not a new concept. I mean, there's, I feel uh, like a revolution happening in the awareness of uh, different gender identities and experiences and expressions, but it's certainly not a new concept. It's not a new thing. I mean, people have mm-hmm. been this way as long as people have been people. Um, and there are records of that historically. Yeah, I've seen records back to the 1100s. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just expanding our, our understanding of that and bringing technology into that you know, realm of understanding, which is, is cool. Um, and it's not the whole picture, like feelings aren't necessarily quantifiable on a, a scan or <laughs> an autopsy, but you know, we're all kinds of experiences in, in the one and it's really cool to to share curiosity and um, and connection with other people to just you know build our awareness of the diversity of human beings just so much yeah I'm really feeling like what comes up for me is the gratitude for the pathway that is being like what's the word like laid and right now it's like a lot of work like I feel just a lot of gratitude to you Kai and to all of the people who are are standing in those uncomfortable places to pave the way for for the future and like creating this new blueprint you know like I and like I know that I'm I'm helping in that but I know that there's people who are actually embodying the really sticky places and I just feel tremendous gratitude because I think it's it's evolving not just gender it's evolving our consciousnesses in general and our embodiment as humans in a diverse humanity and so I'm like oh so much gratitude because I can just really feel the devotion that that takes it does take